This episode of Promised Land uses audio clips that contain language and subject matter that are graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. I've never lied to you. Your Bible is full of lies. Your sky god makes no sense. If he was all perfect, why don't he come down and do something? If he can heal everybody in a minute, why doesn't he heal them all? Why do he make all these different races to fight and to kill? Why does he bring some into the world born blind? America, 1973. Christian America. Jehovah's America. Bible America, 1973. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain by following me. Why don't you deny yourself? Why don't you deny yourself? Why don't you say yes to this cause and no to that slave system? I thank you. I thank you. I thank you because my words are spirit and my words are life. This is a revolution that will heal you. This is a father that will save you. This is one that will shepherd you through every storm. Be in peace. These were the words Marcelin said over the loudspeaker on Saturday afternoon to the people of Jonestown when all preparations were finalized for Leo Ryan's arrival along with the concerned relatives he brought with him. While the other visitors were being picked up at Port Kaituma, Leo Ryan and Jackie Spear started to interview temple members around Jonestown. Everyone interviewed spoke highly of Jonestown and their happiness there. Everything so far seemed to show no evidence of what Ryan heard from the concerned relatives. As night fell over Jonestown, dinner was served consisting of pork, potatoes, greens, and freshly baked biscuits. Even with suspicions running high through Jonestown, people were happy to be served full meals that evening. Entertainment was provided by the Jonestown Express. During the music, Jones brought John Victor over to meet Leo Ryan, where he commented on how similar Jim Jones and John Victor looked, then asked John Victor if he wanted to go back with his mother, Grace Stone, to which John Victor answered, no. Jack Beam asked Ryan if he wanted to say a few words to the people of Jonestown. With NBC cameras rolling, Leo Ryan addressed the crowd. Howdy. So we are at least uh, friends in that, to that extent. I'm very glad to be here. This is a congressional inquiry. I think that all of you know that I'm here to find out more about uh, questions that have been raised about your operation here. But I can tell you right now that from the few conversations I've had with some of the folks here already this evening, that uh, whatever the comments are, there are some people here who believe that this is the best thing that ever happened in their whole life. Sometime in the meantime, 
you are you're obviously having a very good time tonight. I don't want to spoil any more of the political speeches. Just let me say thank you on behalf of my staff, on behalf of the press who are here, on behalf of the relatives who are in here now, uh, for hosting us here this evening. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. During the evening's festivities, Vernon Gosney approached NBC's Don Harris and attempted to slip a note into his hand, but failed as Harris was not paying attention and the note fell to the ground. Vernon quickly picked up the note and handed it back to Harris, but not before one of the children had seen the note and started to yell, he passed a note, he passed a note. In this note, Vernon Gosney wrote, please help us get out of Jonestown with the names Vernon Gosney and Monica Bagby below. Vernon was worried word would get to Jones before he could get out and decided to approach Deputy Chief of Mission Richard Dwyer and whispered the same information to him, stating that he and Monica Bagby wanted to get out of Jonestown that night and that he feared they would be in extreme danger if Jones found out. Dwyer assured Vernon that they would be able to leave but it wouldn't be until the next afternoon. Leo Ryan planned to interview more Temple members the following day, ones who he felt would want to leave Jonestown, including Vernon and Monica. He wanted to keep everyone's identities concealed until the last minute, as he felt Jones may break his promise of allowing Temple members to leave Jonestown. Just before dawn on Sunday, November 18th, nine Temple members snuck out of Jonestown into the jungle. The group consisted of three children and six adults. The children were given fruit punch mixed with a small amount of volume to keep them quiet as they made their escape. The plan was to follow the rail line through the jungle to Matthews Ridge. As they made their escape, they encountered two other members who had the same plan. So the 11 members made their escape together and walked until dark when they came across a train engineer who offered them a ride the rest of the way. Back in Jonestown, everyone lined up for breakfast. Jones did not appear for his scheduled meeting with Leo Ryan. Tim Carter and a few others joined Ryan instead. Leo Ryan showed no interest in making small talk with them and ate his breakfast quickly so he and Jackie Spire could meet with Temple members who they wanted to interview. Over the loudspeaker system, people were instructed to return to their cottages unless they were assigned to specific tasks that day. This was done to give Leo Ryan time and space to conduct his interviews with those he had requested. Members of the media were met by Marceline, who told them that she would take them on a tour of the settlement. Reporters were not thrilled with the planned tour as they thought it seemed rehearsed and too perfect. They asked Marceline if they could just walk around Jonestown on their own and speak to people as they wanted, but she said no. The reporters noticed children were all gathered in the pavilion watching the movie Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, as Leo Ryan and Jackie Spear were conducting their interviews. Some of the adults were coming out of their cottages, gathering around the pavilion, speaking in hushed voices to each other, and reporters could sense that there was a growing tension in the air that they later would learn was due to word being spread of the Levin defectors. Tim Reiterman wrote later that someone came up to Marceline at this time and whispered something into her ear and, quote, her expression tightened. Marceline concluded their tour and led the reporters to the pavilion. They did a few more interviews with people who all gave the same sort of rehearsed answers, but the interviews were cut short when Jones finally made his appearance for the day. 
He walked into the pavilion in a red button-down shirt and khaki pants with his sunglasses on. His hair was neatly combed, but his face was pale and his jaw was clenched in agitation. Leo Ryan and Richard Dwyer approached Jones and told him about the members that wanted to leave. Jones more than likely already knew about Vernon Gosney and Monica Bagby, but word of the others was upsetting to him. Among those who wanted to leave were Edith Parks, who was one of the oldest members who joined People's Temple back in Indiana, her son Jerry and his wife Patricia, along with their three children, and Chris O'Neill, the boyfriend of one of their daughters. Jones spoke with the Parks family trying to be as sensitive as Jones spoke with the Parks family trying to be as sensitive as possible, putting his arms around them and reminding them that everyone in Jonestown was their family. Marcelin told Vernon Gosney that things would be better if he would just stay. No one changed their minds and Leo Ryan offered to walk everyone back to their cottages so they could pack their belongings and leave. Vernon Gosney pleaded with Leo Ryan to hurry, to which Leo Ryan replied, quote, you have nothing to worry about, nothing will happen. Last night, someone came and passed me this note. Well, that's who we're talking about. He wants to leave his son here. If Jonestown's such a bad place, why does he want to leave his son here? Doesn't it concern you, though, that, that this man, for whatever reason, one of the people in your group... People was... play games, friend. They lie, they lie. What can I do about liars? Are you people going... Leave us, I just beg you, please leave us. Bill, we will bother nobody. Anybody wants to get out of here can get out of here. It was then that the sky darkened and a storm rolled in. Tim Carter recalled, quote, It felt like evil blowing into Jonestown. Everyone, reporters, defectors, and temple members were all crammed under the shelter of the pavilion together, and things seemed to instantly turn for the worst. Tim Carter said, quote, some of the Bogues told Ryan that they wanted to leave. It was Edith, Jim, Tina, Juanita, and Tommy. Harold Cordell wanted to go too. He and Edith had been a couple for a long time, but Harold had a 12-year-old son who was living in Jonestown. That boy was named Tommy too. The kid said he wouldn't go, so you've got this father and son, and the boy is screaming and crying for Harold not to go, and Harold is crying. Maylee Bogue starts screaming at her sisters, you're traitors. All this is happening in a constricted area, and Jones and the congressman are right there. Jones's jaw got even tighter. The whole mood in Jonestown was bad before, but now it was even worse. Leo Ryan received passports for those who wanted to leave, along with money for travel expenses, from Temple lawyers. Leo Ryan requested that a second plane be sent in order to fly everyone back to Georgetown and had no other choice but to wait out the storm in the pavilion until the planes arrived at Port Kaituma. Ryan and Temple lawyers agreed that since very few members of People's Temple wanted to leave Jonestown, that Jonestown didn't look that bad at all. A total of 26 members leaving was far less than Ryan expected, and if nothing else would have happened, Ryan would have likely gone back to the United States and said that everyone had the opportunity to leave if they wanted, and only a few took that opportunity. It would have made things very hard for the concerned relatives to make a case that Jonestown was being ran like a prison camp. However, Jones didn't see this as a victory by any means. To him, 26 members leaving would open up chances of more members wanting to leave in the future, 
and even more of a chance for John Victor to be taken away, as well as the other children. He had to act now. He had to put a stop to this before he lost everything. After the storm cleared up, and the visitors and defectors began to board the truck to take them to Port Kaituma, a commotion had started to develop. Temple member Al Simon ran toward the truck, carrying a child in each arm, yelling to Leo Ryan that he wanted to leave. Simon's wife Bonnie ran behind him trying to pull the children from his arms, screaming they were her children too and that he couldn't just take them. Ryan knew this wasn't going to come to a peaceful conclusion quickly, so he opted to stay behind and speak to Al and Bonnie to come to a resolution and then would fly out Sunday with them instead. Jones stood in the pavilion with his most trusted members by his side, Patty Cartmel, Jack Beam, Jim McClave, and Maria Caceres, who were all whispering back and forth as all of this was taking place. As the trucks prepared to leave, Temple member Larry Layton ran up and jumped on one of the trucks, saying he wanted to leave with everyone. Instantly, everyone aboard the trucks were suspicious. Larry Layton was devoted to Jim Jones, and they knew there was no way he would defect. Layton was allowed to stay as they were running behind on schedule and needed to get to the airstrip in order to take off. The truck began to drive away, but was almost instantly stopped again as it became stuck in the mud. As a tractor came to pull the truck out, another commotion began back at the settlement. As Leo Ryan stood speaking to Temple lawyers Mark Lane and Charles Gary, Temple member Don Sly, aka Ujara, came from behind Ryan and held a knife to his neck, shouting, quote, Motherfucker, you're going to die. But Ujara hesitated long enough for Gary, Lane, and Tim Carter to jump in and pull him away before he could kill Ryan. In the struggle, Ujara was cut with a knife and blood shot onto Ryan. Jones walked over to Ryan at this time and instead of asking if he was alright, he simply asked, does this change everything? Ryan replied, it doesn't change everything, but it changes some things. Ryan wanted Ujara turned over to authorities to answer for his assault in court and felt that that would be sufficient enough. Tim Carter watching the events unfold knew that Ujara would not just attack Ryan without orders from Jones. If Leo Ryan would have stayed after the attack, Jones would have more than likely ordered someone else to kill him. But Ryan wanted to leave Jonestown immediately and boarded the truck for Port Kaituma to fly out. While Richard Dwyer would stay behind to sort out the Simons and see if anyone else wanted to leave. Jones stood with his arms crossed and mouth jerking from a nervous tick as the trucks left Jonestown. All Temple members were instructed to return to their cottages, and Jones muttered, I've never seen Jonestown so peaceful, and after a few moments of silence said, I think Larry Layton is going to do something. He's very loyal to me. Jones was reminded by one of the Temple lawyers that everything besides the attack by Ujara went well and that very few people asked to leave. Jones replied, If they take 20 today, they'll take 60 tomorrow. He then turned and walked to his cabin, and only a few yards away, eight armed men boarded a tractor and drove out of Jonestown. On Saturday afternoon, the Jonestown basketball team, wanting to make the most out of their trip outside of Jonestown, decided to go to the movies before heading back to Jonestown. Jones's son, Jim Jr., decided to stay behind at the Georgetown offices and recalled that afternoon, Sharon Amos called him into the radio room saying his father wanted to speak with him. Jim Jr. recalled, Dad said you're going to meet Mr. Frazier. 
which was code for everybody dies. I say, can't we do something different? And dad says, avenging angels are going to take care of things. And then yells at me, you've got to step up and lead on this. I wasn't going to do that. My brothers and the other guys on the team were at the movies, so I sent someone to get them. Not long after, the coded message was broadcast out of the Jonestown radio room to members working in Georgetown. A lot of people have seen Mr. Frazier. I think Mrs. Brownfield has offered to help. Which meant people have died. Do whatever you can to even the score. The message was intercepted by Douglas Ellis, who was working under U.S. Ambassador John Burke. Once the basketball team members were all back at the Georgetown offices, Sharon Amos was on the radio taking a message from someone in Jonestown. Sharon spelled out the word transmitted to her, K-N-I-V, when Stephen Jones stepped in and suggested that, quote, everyone wait a minute, we need a plan or we won't accomplish anything. What are we going to use, butter knives? Stephen decided that he and a few others would meet with the concerned relatives who were staying at the Pegasus Hotel, and told Lee Ingram to radio ahead to the San Francisco Temple and tell them to do nothing until they heard back from Stephen. Stephen later recalled, quote, I thought I had time to stop Dad. The truck carrying Leo Ryan and other passengers arrived at the Port Kaituma airstrip around 4.15 with no sign of the airplanes, only a damaged Guyanese military aircraft guarded by several soldiers. At the same time, Richard Dwyer traveled by Temple Truck to the government district office to inquire about the planes. As Dwyer headed for the airstrip, the two planes, the Otter and the Cessna, had landed and passengers were lining up between the two planes. Leo Ryan and Jackie Spear were discussing who would fly out and who would stay behind to wait for a third plane, as there were 33 people and only seating for 24. The NBC crew would need to get back right away to edit and broadcast their footage, so they were chosen to be among those who would fly out immediately. The defectors wanted to all get out ASAP, and they were still complaining that Larry Layton could not be trusted. As they continued to try and decide who would fly out on that day, the Temple tractor arrived and parked some distance away from the planes on the other side of the runway, where they were joined by the driver of the Temple truck carrying Richard Dwyer. 
The NBC reporters wanted to do a quick interview with Leo Ryan on the airstrip before taking off, so they set up as Larry Layton insisted that he be on board one of the planes that would take off that day. Ryan agreed to allow Larry Layton to board a plane as long as he could frisk all passengers as a way to ease the minds of the others that thought Larry Layton was up to something. Layton was allowed to board the Cessna after quickly being frisked by Leo Ryan, who missed the gun hidden under his poncho. Layton was accompanied by Vernon Gosney, Monica Bagby, and Dale and Tracy Parks. The others were lined up to board the larger plane, the Otter. Ryan was standing on the side of the Otter with news crew preparing to film the short interview when Don Harris saw the tractor move down the runway toward them and said, I think we've got trouble. Almost immediately after, someone shouted, hit the dirt, but it was too late. Larry Layton aboard the Cessna opened fire on passengers, wounding Vernon Gosney and Monica Bagby before Dale Parks was able to wrestle the gun away from him. On the runway, shots began to ring out as Patricia Parks was entering the Otter. She was struck in the back of the head and immediately fell from the steps onto the tarmac, dead. Leo Ryan, Jackie Spear, Don Harris, photographer Greg Robinson, Anthony Caceres, cameraman Bob Brown, and soundman Steve Sung all fell either dead or seriously wounded. Reporter with the Washington Post, Charles Krauss, was slightly wounded and fell to the ground pretending to be dead. Tim Reiterman, Richard Dwyer, and Beverly Oliver were also hit but managed to escape to the brush next to the airstrip and hid. Those on board the Otter quickly shut the door to the plane. The gunmen came closer firing extra rounds in those who were laying on the ground before turning back to the truck and leaving. Guyanese soldiers nearby did not intervene as they saw it as Americans killing Americans. They didn't want to get involved in fear it would be turned back around on them as Guyanese killing Americans. The Otter was damaged too badly to fly, but the Cessna was fine, resulting in the pilot, along with the pilot from the Otter, taking off before gathering any survivors, only with Monica Bagby on board. Nearby residents came out to the airstrip, where Richard Dwyer had Larry Layton apprehended and offered to take him to the nearby jail while the officer who drove the wire to the airstrip promised he would radio a new plane from Georgetown to come and get the wounded. However, being it was already getting dark and the airstrip had no lighting, there wasn't much that could be done that evening aside from hoping survivors would make it through the night. Among those who died were Congressman Leo Ryan, who was shot more than 20 times, cameraman Bob Brown, photographer Greg Robinson, NBC correspondent Don Harris, and Temple defector Patricia Parks. At about 4 p.m., the Jonestown loudspeaker clicked on, and Jones's son Lou announced a meeting in the pavilion. Nothing in his voice made people feel this was an emergency. Most people thought because of the hectic day, Jones wanted to have a long meeting about what transpired, and so no one rushed. Tim Carter later explained that he took his son Malcolm to the pavilion while his wife Gloria went back to their cottage for more diapers, in preparation for a long meeting. Carter walked around the side of the pavilion where he saw Jones talking with Marcelin and Temple lawyers. He noticed after they finished talking, Jones turned to Richard Trope and Harriet Trope and appeared to be arguing. Trope said to Jones, there must be another way, to which Jones replied, tell me what it is. Harriet Trope snapped back to Richard, 
Oh, Dick, stop being a pain in the ass. You're just afraid to die. Armed guards began to surround all four sides of the pavilion, which was different from any of the other meetings. Temple lawyers were seen being taken by armed guards to a cabin off of the main pavilion. As many waited for Jones to take the stage, he stood having a hushed conversation with Maria Katsaris, where Tim Carter overheard Jones ask her, is there a way to make it taste less bitter? Maria shook her head. Jones asked, is it quick? To which she replied, yeah, it's really quick, and it's not supposed to be painful at all. Jones nodded and told her, okay, do what you can to make it taste better. Jones walked to the center of the stage and began speaking. People's Temple recorded almost all of Jones's meetings, with no exception to this one, which was his last. The following audio is from FBI file Q042, also known as the death tape. We're going to end this episode playing the tape in its entirety. The contents may be disturbing to some listeners, so please listen with caution. Questions have been raised about the authenticity of the tape due to the number of edits that are noticeable. Given the fact that other tapes made by People's Temple also contain numerous edits, and given the fact that the tape refers to events specific to November 18, 1978, the tape is considered to be genuine in the sense that it was recorded on November 18, 1978. We'll discuss the aftermath and unanswered questions on the next and final episode. How very much I've loved you. How very much I've tried my best to give you the good life. But in spite of all of what I've tried, a handful of our people with their lives have made our life impossible. There's no way to detach ourselves from what's happened today. Not only we're in a compound situation, not only are there those who have left and committed the betrayal of the century, some have stolen children from others and they're in pursuit right now to kill them because they stole their children. And we, we are sitting here waiting on a powder keg. I don't think this is what we want to do with our babies. I don't think that's what we had in mind to do with our babies. It was said by the greatest of prophets from time immemorial, no man lay, takes my life from me, I lay my life down. So to, to sit here and wait for the catastrophe that's going to happen on that airplane, it's going to be a catastrophe. Almost happened here. Almost happened. The congressman was nearly killed here. But you can't feel people's children. You can't take off with people's children without expecting a violent reaction. And that's not so unfamiliar to us either, if we, even if we were Judeo-Christian, if we weren't communists. The world, the kingdom, suffereth violence, and the violence shall take it by force. If we can't live in peace, then let's die in peace. We've been so betrayed, we have been so terribly betrayed. 
But we tried, and this Jack Beam often said, I don't know where he's at right this moment, where's Jack? He said, if this only worked one day, it was worthwhile. Because what's going to happen here in a matter of a few minutes is that one of those people on that plane is going to, going to shoot the pilot. I know that. I didn't plan it, but I know it's going to happen. They're going to shoot that pilot, and down comes that plane into the jungle. And we had better not have any of our children left when it's over, because they'll parachute in here on us. I'm telling you, just as plain as I know how to tell you, I've never lied to you. I never have lied to you. I know that's what's going to happen. That's what he intends to do. And he will do it. He'll do it. Fortunately, being so bewildered with many, many pressures on my brain, seeing all these people behave so treasonous, it was just too much for me to put together. But uh, uh, I now know what he was telling me, and it'll happen. If the plane gets in the air, even. So, my opinion is that we be kind to children and be kind to seniors and take the portion like they used to take in ancient Greece and step over quietly because we are not committing suicide. It's a revolutionary act. We can't go back. They won't leave us alone. They're now going back to tell more lies, which means more congressmen. And there's no way, no way we can survive. Hmm? Anybody wish Anyone that has any dissenting opinion, please speak. Yes. You can have an opportunity, but if our children are left, we are going to have them butchered. We can make a strike, but we'll be striking against people that we, we don't want to strike against. We want, we'd like to get the people who cause this stuff, and some, if some people here are, are prepared to know how to do that, you go in town and get Timothy Stone, but there's no plane. There's no plane. You can't catch a plane in time. He's responsible for it. He brought these people to us. He and Deanna Myrtle. But people in San Francisco will not, not be idle over this. They'll not take our death in vain, you know. Yes, you see. Is it too late for Russia? Here's why it's too late for Russia. They killed. They started to kill. That's why it makes it too late for Russia. Otherwise, I'd said, Russia, you bet you're alive. But it's too late. I can't control these people. They're out there. They've gone with their guns, and it's too late. And once we kill anybody, at least that's the way I've always, I've always put my lot with you. If one of my people do something, it's me. Now they say, I don't, I don't have to take the blame for this. But I, I, don't, I don't live that way. They said, deliver up Ujara, who tried to get the man back here. Ujara, whose wife, mother has been lying on him and lying on him and trying to break up this family. And they've all agreed to kill us by any means necessary. You think I'm going to deliver them, Ujara? Not on your life. No. No, you're not going. You're not going. You're not going. I can't live that way. I cannot live that way. I've lived with for all and I'll die for all. 
I've been living on hope for a long time, Christine, and I appreciate you've always been a very good agitator. I like agitation because you got to see two sides of one issue, two sides of a question. But what those people are going to get done, what they get through, will make our life worse than hell. Will make us make the Russians not accept us when they get through lying. They told so many lies between there and that truck that we are we are done in as far as any other alternative. Well, I said let's make an air lift to Russia. That's what I say. I don't think nothing is impossible. Well, how are we going to believe it? How are you going to airlift to Russia? Well, I thought he, they said if we got in an emergency, they gave you a code to let them know. No, they did. They gave us the code that they'd let us know of an issue, not us create an issue for them. They said if we, if they saw the country coming down, they'd create, they'd give us the code. They'd give us the code. You can check on there and see if it's on the code. You can check with Russia to see if they'll take us in immediately, otherwise we die. I don't know what else you say to these people. But to me, death is not, and death is not a fearful thing. It's living this treacherous. I have never, 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 never seen anything like this before in my life. I've never seen people take the law and do in their own hands and provoke us and try to purposely agitate murder of children. There's no, Christine, it's just not, it's not worth living like this. Not worth living like this. I think that there were too few who left for 1,200 people to give them their lives for those people that left. You know how many left? Mm, 20 odd. That's, that's a small 20 odd. Come, come, 20 come odd. What year? 20 odd. But what's going to happen when they don't leave? I hope that they could leave, but what's going to happen when they, do, when they don't leave? You mean the people here? Yeah, what's going to happen to us when they don't leave, when they get on the plane and the plane goes down? I don't think it'll go down. You don't think it'll go down? I, I wish I could tell you you were right, but I'm right. There's one man there who blames, and rightfully so, Debbie Blakey for the murder, for the murder of his mother. And he'll, he'll stop that pilot by any means necessary. He'll do it. That plane will come out of the air. There's no way you fly a plane without a pilot. I wasn't speaking about that plane. I was speaking about the plane for us to go to Russia. How <laughs> to Russia. You think Russia's going to want... Uh, no, not going to... Uh, you think Russia's going to want us with all this stigma? We had, we, we had some value, but now we don't have any value. Well, I don't see it like that. I mean, I feel like that as long as there's life, there's hope. That's my faith. Well, some everybody dies. <laughs> Someplace that hope runs out because everybody dies. I haven't seen anybody yet didn't die. And I like to choose my own kind of death for a change. I'm tired of being tormented to hell. That's what I'm tired of. Tired of it. 1,200 people's lives in my hands, and I certainly don't want your life in my hand. But I'm going to tell you, Christine, without me, life has no meaning. Uh, I'm the best friend you'll ever have. Once I have to pay, I'm standing with you, Jara. I'm standing with those people. 
They're part of me. I can detach myself. My attorney says detach myself. No, 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 no. I never detached myself from any of your troubles. I've always taken your troubles right on my shoulders. And I'm not going to change that now. It's too late. I've been running too long. I'm not going to change now. Maybe the next time you get to go to Russia, the next time around. This is what I'm talking about the now is in the dispensation of judgment. This is a revolutionary, this is a revolutionary suicide council. I'm not talking about self, self-destruction. I'm talking about what we have no other road. I will take your, your call, we will put it to the Russians, and I can tell you the answer now because I'm a prophet. Call the Russians and tell them to see if they'll take us. Not that I'm afraid to die. I don't think no you means. are. I don't think you are. But uh, I look at our babies and I think they deserve I, to live. I agree. You know? They des- but also they deserve what's more, they deserve peace. We all came here for peace. And we've, have we had it? No. I tried to give it to you. I've laid down my life practically. I've practically died every day to give you peace. And you still not had any peace. You look better than I've seen you in a long while. But it's still not the kind of peace that I wanted to give you. A person's a fool that continues to say that you're winning when you're losing. Win one, lose two. What? I didn't hear you, ma'am. You have to speak up. That's a sweet thought. Who said that? Come on up and speak it again, honey. Come up and say it about I talk about. It's taken off. No plane is taken off. It's suicide. They have done it. Stone has done it. Somebody ought to, somebody, can they talk, can they not talk to San Francisco? See, the stone does not get by with this infamy. This is infamy. He has done the thing he wanted to do. To have us destroyed. When you, when you, when we destroy ourselves, we're defeated. We let them, the enemy, defeat us. Did you see, did you see I live to fight no more forever? Yes, I saw that. Did you not have some sense of pride and victory in that man? He would not subject himself to the will and whim of people who tell that they're going to come in whenever they please and push into our house, come when they please, take who they want to, talk to who they want to. Is that living? That's not living to me. That's not freedom. That's not the kind of freedom I sought. But I think where they made their mistake is when they stopped to rest. If they had gone on, they would have made it. But they stopped to rest. It's over, sister. It's over. We've made that day. We made a beautiful day. And let's make it a beautiful day. That's what I want. We win. We win when we go down. Tim Stone has nobody else to hate. He has nobody else to hate. Then he'll destroy himself. I'm speaking here not as uh, the administrator. I'm speaking as a prophet today. I wouldn't step in this seat and talk so serious if I didn't know what I was talking about. If there's any way to call back the immense amount of damage that's going to be done, 
But I cannot separate myself from the pain of my people. And you can't either, Christine, if you stop to think about it. You can't separate yourself. We've walked too long together. I, I know that, but I still think as an individual, I have a right to... You do, and I'm listening. ...what I think, what I feel. And I think we all have a right to our own destiny as individuals. Right. And I think I right. have a right to choose mine, and everybody else has a right to choose theirs. Mm-hmm. You know? I'm not criticized. I'm not German. What's that? That's the day. That's what plenty of people said today with their lives. I think I still have a right to my own opinion. I, I'm not taking it from you. I'm not taking it from you. Christine, you're only standing here because he was here in the first place. So I don't know what you're talking about having an individual life. Your life has been extended to the day that you're standing there because of him. Oh, it's back there. She has much right to speak to anybody else, too. What'd you say, Luby? Well, you'll regret it this very day if you don't die. You'll regret it if you don't die. You'll regret it. I saved them, I saved them, but I made my example, I made my expression, I made my manifestation, and the world was ready, not ready for me. Paul said, I was a man born out of due season. I've been born out of due season just like all we are, and the best testimony we can make is to leave this goddamn world. Please, please. I'm not talking to her. Will you, will you, will you let her let me talk? You're talking. Would you make her sit down and let me talk while I'm on the floor, or let her come? Property tell the leader what to do. It really isn't. I've, I've listened to you. You asked me about Russia. I'm right now making a call to Russia. What more do you suggest? I'm listening to you. If Russia gives me one slight bit of encouragement, I just now instructed them to go there and do that. All right, now everybody hold it. We didn't come hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Much longer to maintain. To lay down your burdens. I'm going to lay down my burdens down by the riverside. So we lay them down here in the side of Guyana. What's the difference? No man didn't take our life right now. He hadn't taken it. But when they start parachuting out of the air, they'll they'll shoot some of our innocent babies. I'm not. I don't want to see this, Christine, because they got to shoot me to get through to some of these people. I'm not letting them take your jar. Can you let them take your jar? What's that? You mean you want to see John, the little one who keeps I want to see. Are you saying that you think he thinks more of them than other children here? John, That's John. That's what you're saying? What you're acting Do you think I'd put John's life above others? If I put John's life above others, I wouldn't be standing with his jaw. I'd send John out, out. He could go out on the driveway tonight. Because he's young. They're young. I know, but he's no, he's no different to me than any of these children here. He's just one of my children. I don't prefer one above another. 
I don't prefer him above you, Jara. I can't do that. I can't separate myself from your actions or his actions. If you'd done something wrong, I'd stand with you. If they wanted to come and get you, they'd have to take me. All ready to go. If you tell us we have to give our lives now, we're ready. I'm pretty sure all the rest of the sisters and brothers are with me. Oh, Munster tried to keep this thing from happening, but I now see it's the will, it's the will of sovereign being that this happened to us. That we lay down our lives in protest against what's being done. That we lay down our lives to protest in what's being done. The criminality of people, the cruelty of people. Who walked out of here today? Did you notice who walked out? Mostly white people. Mostly white people walked. I'm so grateful for the ones that didn't, those who knew who they are. But there's no, there's, there's no point, there's no point to this. We, ha we are born before our time. They won't accept us. And I don't think we should sit here and take any more time for our children to be endangered. Because they come after our children and we give them our children, then our children will suffer forever. I have no quarrel with you coming up. I like you. I personally like you very much. These people get hostile when you try to... Oh, well, some people do. But that, you don't, you, you, just some people do. Put it that way. I'm not hostile. You had to be honest and you stayed. And if you'd have wanted to run, you'd have run with them because anybody could have run today. They would have wanted to. I know you're not a runner. And I, 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 your life's precious to me. It's as precious as John's. And I, and I don't, what I do, I do with weight and justice and judgment. I'm, I've weighted against all evidence. Okay, that's all what I've got to say. What comes now, folks, what comes now? Everybody hold it. Stay, stay, stay peace. Stay peace, stay peace, stay peace, stay peace. What's come? Don't let this. Just take Dwyer on down to the, the east house. Everybody be quiet, please. So you've got some respect for our lives. That means sit down, sit down, sit down. I know. Hmm. I tried so very, very hard. We're trying over here to see what can what can happen in Los Angeles. Who is it? Get Dwyer out of here before something happens to him. Dwyer? I'm not talking about you, Jara. I said Dwyer. Ain't nobody gonna take you, Jara. I'm not letting him take you, Jara. Together in folks, it's easy. It's easy. Yes, my love. At one time, I felt just like Christine felt. But after today, I don't feel anything because the biggest majority of the people that left here were white. And I know it really hurt my heart. Because broke your heart, didn't it? It broke my heart to think that all of these years that these white people have been with us 
and they're not a part of us. So we might as well end it now, because I don't see... The congressman has been murdered. What a legacy. But the Red Brigade's the only ones that ever made any sense anyway. They invaded our privacy. They came into our home. They followed us 6,000 miles away. The Red Brigade showed them justice. The congressman's dead. Please get us some medication. It's simple. It's simple. There's no convulsions with it. It's just simple. Just please get it. Before it's too late, the GDF will be here. I tell you, get moving. Get moving. Get moving. Don't be afraid to die. If, you, if these people land out here, they'll, they'll torture some of our children here. They'll torture our people. They'll torture our seniors. We cannot have this. Are you going to separate yourself from whoever shot the congressman? I don't know who shot him. Speaker Pete and those had a right to go and they had a right to how many are dead? Oh God almighty, God almighty. Hmm? Patty Parks is dead. The only others to endure long enough in a safe place to write about the goodness of Jim Jones. I don't know how in the world they're ever going to write about us. It's just too late. It's too late. The congressman's dead. The congressman's dead. Many of our traitors are dead. They're all laying out there dead. Hmm? I didn't, but, but my people did. My people did. They're my people. And, and they've been provoked too much. They've been provoked too much. What's happened here has been too, but this has been an act of provocation. Yes. If there's any way it's possible to uh, have them to give Ted something to take him, I'm satisfied, okay? What's that? I said, if there's any way you can do to have them to give Ted something so he won't have to let him go too, okay? And I'm yes. satisfied. That's fine. Ted, yes, yes, yes. I said I never wanted to live with you guys. And I appreciate you for everything. You're, You're the only you are the only. You are the only and I appreciate you. Okay. Please, can we hasten? Can we hasten with that medication? You don't know what you've done. I tried. Move, please move. They saw it happen and ran in the bush and dropped the machine guns. I never in my life. But there'll be more. You got to move. Are you going to get the medication here? You got to move. Oh, yeah. 
Marshall in about 40 minutes. You have to move, and the people that are standing there in the aisle go stay in the radio room yard, but everybody get behind the table and back this way, okay? There's nothing to worry about. Everybody keep calm and try and keep your children calm. And the older children can help love the little children and, and reassure them. Aren't crying from pain. It's just a little bitter tasting, but they're, they're not crying out of any pain. Annie McGowan, can I please see you back? I used to do before I came here. So let me tell you about it. It might make a lot of you feel a little more comfortable. Sit down and be quiet, please. One of the things that I used to do, I used to be a therapist. And the kind of therapy that I did had to do with reincarnation and past life situations. And every time anybody had the experience of, of going into a past life, I was fortunate enough through Father to be able to let them experience it all the way through their death, so to speak. And everybody was so happy when they made that step to the other side. When you step, there's no other thing you can do but step that way. It's the only way to step. The choice is not ours now. It's out of our hands. If you have a body that's been crippled, suddenly you have the kind of body that you want. A little rest. A little rest. It feels good. You've never felt so good, family. I tell you, you've never felt so good. Is how that feels. I do hope that those attorneys will stay where they belong and don't come up here. What is it? What is it? Get what? It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. Only at first. Only at first is it hard. It's hard only at first. Living, you're looking at death, it only looks, living is much, much more difficult. Raising up every morning and not knowing what's going to be the night's bringing, it's much more difficult. It's much more difficult. I just want to uh, say something to everyone that I see that is standing around and uh, crying. This is nothing to cry about. This is something we should all rejoice about. We should be happy about this. They always told us that we should cry when you're coming into this world. Well, when we're living and we're living it peaceful, I think we should, be, we should be happy about this. I was just thinking about Jim Jones. He just has suffered and suffered and suffered. We, he is the only God, and he don't even have a chance to enjoy his death here.
not in San Francisco, but until I came to Jonestown. I've enjoyed this life. I've had a beautiful life. And I don't see nothing for us to be crying about. We should be happy. At least I am. Let's say some little things. alive today. I'd just like to thank Dad because he was the only one that stood up for me when I needed him. And thank you, Dad. I'm, I'm glad you're my brothers and sisters. I'm glad to be here. Okay. Please, for God's sakes, let's get on with it. We've lived, we've lived as no other people have lived and loved. We've had as much of this world as you're going to get. Let's just be done with it. Let's be done with the agony of it. It's far, far harder to have to watch you every day die slowly. And from the time you're a child to the time you get gray, you're dying. It's honest, and I'm sure that they'll, they'll pay for it. They'll, they'll pay for it. This is a revolutionary suicide. This is not a self-destructive suicide. So they'll pay for this. They brought this upon us, and they'll pay for that. I leave that destiny to them. wants to go with their child has a right to go with their child. I think it's humane. I want to go, I want to see you go though. I, they can take me and do with me whatever they want to do. I want to see you go. I don't want to see you go through this hell no more. No more, no more, no more. We're trying. If everybody will relax, the best thing you do to relax and you have no problem. You'll have no problem with the thing if you just relax. The children here, a great deal because of Jim Jones. And the way the children are laying there now, I'd rather see them lay like that than to see them have to die like the Jews did, which was pitiful anyhow. And I'd just like to thank Dad for giving us life and also death. And I appreciate the fact the way our children are going. Because like Dad said, when they come in, what they're gonna do to our children, they're gonna massacre our children. And also the ones that they take captured, they're gonna just let them grow up and be dummies like they want them to be. And not grow up to be associates like the one and only Jim Jones. So I'd like, I'd like to thank Dad for the opportunity for letting Jonestown be not what it could be, but what Jonestown is. Thank you, Dad. It's not to be feared. It is not to be feared. It's a friend. It's a friend. You're sitting there. Show your love for one another. Calm, let's get calm, let's get calm. To us, we had nothing we could do. We can't, we can't separate ourselves from our own people.
after 20 years laying in some old rotten nursing home. Taking us through all these anguish years. They took us and put us in chains, and that's nothing. This, this is, that's, that, there's no comparison to that, to this. They robbed us of our land, and they've taken us and driven us, so we tried to find ourselves. We tried to find a new beginning, but it's too late. You can't separate yourself from your brother and your sister. No way I'm going to do it. I, I refuse. I don't know who fired the shot. I don't know who killed the congressman. But as far as I'm concerned, I killed him. You understand what I'm saying? I killed him. He had no business coming. I told him not to come. a degree of dignity. Lay down your life with dignity. Don't lay down with tears and agony. There's nothing to death. It's like Max said. It's just stepping over in another plane. Don't, don't be this way. Stop this hysterics. This is not the way for people who are socialists to communists to die. No way for us to die. We must die with some dignity. Soon we'll have no choice. Now we have some choice. You think they're going to allow this to be done and allow us to get by with this? Must be insane. Children, it's just something to put you to rest. Oh God. Mother, 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 please. Mother, please, 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 don't, don't do this, don't do this. Stay down your life with your child, but don't do this. Free at last. Peace. Keep your emotions down, keep your emotions down. Children, it will not hurt if you be if you be quiet. If you be quiet. It's never been done before, you say. It's been done by every tribe in history, every tribe facing annihilation. All the Indians of the Amazon are doing it right now. They refuse to bring any babies into the world. They kill every child that comes into the world because they don't want to live in this kind of a world. So be patient, be patient. Death is... I tell you, I don't care how many screams you hear, I don't care how many anguished cries. Death 
is a million times preferable to ten more days of this life. If you knew what was ahead of you, if you knew what was ahead of you, you'd be glad to be stepping over tonight. Death, death, death is common to people. In the Eskimos, they take death in their stride. Let's be dignified. Let's be dignified. If you quit telling them they're dying, you, if you adults would stop some of this nonsense, adults, 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 I call on you to stop this nonsense. I call on you to quit exciting your children when all they're doing is going to quiet rest. I call on you to stop this now. If you have any respect at all, are we black, proud, and socialist, or what are we? Now stop this nonsense. Don't carry this on anymore. You're exciting your children. All over, and it's good. No, no sorrow that it's all over. I'm glad it's over. Hurry, hurry, my children, hurry. All I say, that's not fall into the hands of the enemy. Hurry, my children. Hurry. The seniors out here that I'm concerned about, hurry. I don't want to leave my seniors to this mess. Quickly, 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 quickly. Sisters, good knowing you. No more pain, Al. No more pain, I said, Al. No more pain. Jim Cobb is laying on the airfield dead at this moment. Remember the, the, the uh, Oliver woman said she she come over and kill me if her sons wouldn't stop her. These these are people the peddlers of hate. All we're doing is laying down our life. We're not letting them take our life. We're laying down our life. We're taking their lives. We just want peace. All I'd like to say is that my, um, my so-called parents are filled with so much hate. And treachery. I think you, you people out here should think about how your relatives was and be glad about that the children are being laid to rest. And all I'd like to say is I thank Dad for making me strong to stand with it all and make me ready for it. Thank you. Okay, them, all the children taking a drink to, take, to go to sleep. That's what death is, sleep. But I'm tired of it all. Loving thing he could have ever done, the most loving thing all of us could have done. And it's been a pleasure walking with all of you in this revolutionary struggle. No other way I would rather go than give my life for socialism, communism. And I thank Dad very, very much. That uh, Dad's love of mercy and goodness and kindness and bringing us to this land of freedom. His love, his mother was the advance, the advance guard to socialism. And his love and his mercy should go on forever, on for the fields of Where's the vat, the vat, the vat? Where's the vat with the green sea? His love should go on for the fields of pine. And thank you, Dad. The vat with the green sea in, please. Bring it here so the adults can begin. Egg you, don't, don't. Fail to follow my advice, you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry. That we do it and that they do it. Us trust you, you have to step across. We used to think this world, this world's not our home. Well, it sure isn't. As we were saying, it sure wasn't. He doesn't want to tell him. All he's doing, if they will tell him, assure these children. Can some people assure these children? 
of the relaxation of stepping over to the next plane. We've set an example for others. We've set 1,000 people who say we don't like the way the world is. Take our life from us. We laid it down. We got tired. We didn't commit suicide. We committed an act of revolutionary suicide protesting the conditions of an inhumane world. Promised Land is a cool-down media podcast. All audio clips for Promised Land come from the Jonestown Institute. For more information, visit their website at jonestown.sdsu.edu. Follow us on social media at Promised Land Cast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.